goal of this lesson is for students to be able to understand how to present themselves in a professional manner and perform a, in a professional interview. Interviewing itself doesn't have to be that scary. When we know we have an interview coming up, we want to treat it a little bit like a test, right? When we have a test coming up, we know we have to study and we have to prepare. And the same can be done for an interview. Studying and preparing for a test generally helps decrease the anxiety going into the test, right? You know what to expect and you've got some prepared thoughts for questions that may come your way. And that's really going to help bring down some of the nerves and anxiety associated with interviewing. Again, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a little anxiety. That keeps us on our toes, keeps us excited, and keeps that adrenaline running in maybe a positive direction. So when you're preparing for an interview, we want to begin to anticipate what job interview questions uh, they may ask us. Right? Put yourself in the shoes of the interviewer. If you were the interviewer, what questions would you ask? If you can begin to make a list of all of the potential questions that you would ask, you can then, in step two, begin to come up with some prepared thoughts. What questions might they ask me? Uh, and then what answers would I give? It is important to remain positive, be honest, and be very clear in your responses. It is important to avoid cliched expressions. So you want to avoid from simply saying alone, I'm a great team player, I'm a hard worker, I'm intelligent. You want to be able to back that up with what I call because statements or examples. Okay, The examples are going to show that you're not just using an expression that you've heard is a good thing to say, uh, but it's going to show that you're uh, reflective and that you truly understand who you are and you understand how the, your strengths will benefit you at that employer. Hi, I'm Diane Swick with the Career Services Center at Rockland Community College. I'm here to give you some useful tips and advice that will help you ace your next interview. Step one, prepare. Do your homework on the company you are interviewing with. Know what the company does. What is their mission statement or goal? Know the company's size, annual revenue, and whether they have made the headlines recently. Step two, know yourself. Be prepared to discuss your strengths, skills, and accomplishments. Connect the company's needs to your skills. Ask trusted friends, professors, or coworkers what they see as your strengths. Dress for success. Always dress professionally to an interview. It's better to be a bit overdressed than underdressed. Wear closed-toed shoes and use a professional-looking bag to bring several copies of your resume and an updated list of references. Don't wear loud colors and keep your hair and makeup natural-looking. Don't overwhelm the interviewer with strong cologne or perfume. Step 4. Arrive to the interview at least 15 minutes early. If possible, take a dry run the day before and don't arrive late to an interview. Be polite and professional to all employees you meet while waiting and always be nice to the receptionist. She's the eyes and ears of the company. Don't arrive with coffee, tea, or water in hand and make sure your cell phone or pagers are turned off. Step five, greet the employer with a firm handshake, never a weak one. Don't go overboard and crush their hand and don't try anything clever or witty. Step six, 
Prepare for both the commonly asked and the difficult questions. Keep all answers positive. If you were fired from your last job, be sure to put a positive spin on your answer. Don't badmouth former employers. You will look unprofessional and may come off as difficult to work with. Don't use cliche phrases like hardworking and team player. Get out a thesaurus and be creative with your answers. It will help you stand out among the other applicants. Use concrete examples to back up your accomplishments and strengths. If you tell them you have excellent customer service skills, be prepared to give details. Step seven, listen more than you speak. Stay on topic and answer the question that is asked. Be confident, not cocky. Overconfidence is just as unappealing as its opposite. Step eight, know what your weaknesses are. Chances are you'll be asked this question, so be sure to give an example on how you're working to improve it. Step nine, the proper body language can make or break you on an interview. Remember, 80% of communication is nonverbal. No slouching. Maintain proper eye contact and control nervous habits, such as foot shaking or playing with hair or jewelry. Step 10, always ask questions. Before the interview ends, be sure to ask their overall timeline for filling the position, but never ask about salary or benefits on the first interview. Step 11, follow up after the interview with a thank you note. It can either be handwritten or emailed to each person you met with. Make sure you know the fine line between following up and stalking an employer. Don't overwhelm them with excessive emails and voicemails. However, do make sure you follow up. I hope this introduction to the interviewing do's and don'ts has been helpful. Remember, this is your chance to sell yourself. For more information, please visit us at the Career Services Center. Hi there, I'm Denise Richardson and this is HowDini.com. If you want to learn how to ace a job interview, stay tuned. We're about to talk about it with Maggie Mistel, who's a life purpose and career coach who can be heard regularly on Martha Stewart Living Radio on Sirius. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Denise. You show up, you're dressed properly, you walk into the to meet the interview. What's the first thing you do when you walk in? I love to smile. And obviously, I think you can tell by that, but I like to make the interviewer just as at ease as I'm trying to be, because really, this interview is a conversation that you're going to have with this other person who's a human being, and it can be a real icebreaker if you can just be relaxed and at least give yourself a break, say, hi, how are you, and, and even try to talk about the weather or some type of other icebreaker that kind of gives everybody a chance to take a deep breath, because this is an evaluative conversation. And it can be nerve-wracking for both parties. So the interviewer says to that prospective employee, why do you want to leave your job? Yes, that's always a great question, isn't it? And you have to be prepared for those key questions, especially why are you moving on? Now, if you're moving on because you can't stand your boss, <laughs> right, which happens a lot and we've all been there, you don't want to say that. What you do want to say is that I really need to be in a place where I can be managed and developed and where I can get guidance or mentoring. You really focus on the things that you're looking to get as opposed to all the reasons why you don't have it now. You know, there are some people who walk into that interview and they walk in a little defensively and they because they really need a job and they hear the words, you're overqualified and they're willing to take a job and do their best at it. How do you handle you're overqualified? You can say things like, well, I've, you know, I've really thought about that and if I were in your shoes, I'd be asking the same question. And when I think about it, I can tell you for a fact, I'm looking to downshift 
and I know this industry well, and I, I don't need to be in charge. I've been, I've been the person on the totem pole before, and I can do that again. I'm really looking for a place where I can contribute, but where I don't have to be the one who's running the show, and really address those concerns which, which are behind the overqualified comment. And, and they may say, the op you just don't have enough experience for us. But for folks just starting out, maybe a new career, or, or college students who've just graduated, or even folks out of high school or new to the work world, that's a common problem. So again, I go back to internships are great, any way that you can get some experience on your resume to demonstrate, hey, yeah, I may not be, you know, 10 years in this field, but I can tell you in this, this experience that I had this summer, I didn't know anything going in and here's how successful I was. So you want to show situations where, yeah, you went in without a lot of experience, but we're still able to succeed. And this is where references can be so helpful as well. Even if you don't have a lot of experience, anybody can be a great reference for you, even a teacher or a professor or even um, someone that you volunteered for who can attest to your ability to learn quickly and perform well can be a great asset. We really like you. How much money are you looking for? It's oh, such a trick question. It is. And for that question, you definitely want to do your homework. This is one of the best uses for the internet. Salary.com, Indeed.com, Monster, Hotjobs, a lot of them have salary calculators associated with them now. So you can look up the job title in your geographic area and get the range of salaries for that position and find where you would fit based on your level of experience. Briefly, if, if, I, if the interviewer hasn't brought up the word salary, should you? Not right away. In, in the initial conversation, you want to get to know whether or not this job even is a good fit. And I always tell people, become the superstar to this person first. And then you're in a much better place to negotiate salary. And they may even pay more for you because they're like, wow, we can't let Denise go. She's such a fabulous candidate. We were only going to pay this much. But now that we found Denise, we're willing to do more. Healthcare, flex time, vacation time. These are issues you should bring up during a, a first interview, or you, do you wait for, come back and meet Mr. Smith? Right, come, wait, wait for the comeback, because again, first interview should be about, is this a company I can picture myself in, and vice versa for the interviewer. And if it is a place you can see yourself in, do the, do, you know, really be your best self, and really let them know why you'd be a fantastic fit. Well, we're certainly happy to have you with us. Thank you so much, Maggie Mistel. You're welcome. One of the many controversial topics for young people when it comes to interviews is how do I dress and how do I conform in a way that comes across as professional? Many of my students have told me, you know, why can't I just go in street clothes? Uh, it's important to understand that you are trying to dress to impress. Interviews are not going to entirely show who you really are. Many screening interviews may only last, may only last 30 minutes. So you don't have enough time to really explain who you are and why that benefits the company, at least probably not in a way that gives a true 100% story about you. So the dress is really important. It's the first thing they see when you walk into the interview. And the truth is they're going to judge you the minute that they, you come into that interview. They're trying to judge you as a candidate that can fit into their team, be professional, and help the company continue to be successful. And so dress is a big part of that. So when you're dressing, you want to try to stick with solid colors. If you're a suit wearer, go with a conservative suit, nothing flashy. Try to avoid super bright colors. Uh, try to avoid patterns. Um, if you're going to wear a dress shirt, wear a long sleeve dress, dress shirt. excuse me. And it is ideal to wear a white dress shirt. Look like upper management. If you're going to wear a tie, go with a conservative tie. No patterns. 
those sports teams logos on the tie. Socks should be dark in nature and you should wear professional dress shoes. They always say recommended to avoid wearing a lot of jewelry. Jewelry can be a distraction and can be a little bit flashy. You want them to be focused completely on what you're saying and not what you're wearing. Try to make sure that your hairstyle uh, is professional in nature, and that is a very subjective statement to make, Uh, but whatever style it is that you're going for, try to do your best to get as close to that style as possible. You don't want to look like you just woke up and your hair is flat on one side, you know? Uh, Go easy on aftershaves, perfumes, and colognes. Um, There is a reason why stores in the mall sell a variety of fragrances, and that's because uh, not everybody likes the same fragrance. And the last thing you want to do is get into a small screening room for an interview and have on an overbearing perfume or cologne that may be a distraction, again, from what it is that you're actually saying. Uh, Trim nails neatly. And lastly, bring some kind of a portfolio which may be a hardbound book, it could be a binder, something that is going to safely and securely store your resume, cover letters, maybe example, uh, work from a portfolio, so that if you do have to take, you know, a car, a train, or a bus, those documents don't get wet, they don't get sweaty, they don't get wrinkled with the wind hitting them. You want to show up in there looking like those documents came straight off of a copy machine or printer. Next up, we want to talk about the greeting and arrival times. Timing is very important in an interview. The common belief is that the best time to show up to an interview is about 15 minutes early, 10 to 15 minutes early. You do not want to show up precisely on time. A very common test question we ask students is, true or false, it is important to show up precisely on time for an interview. And that may sound like the right answer, but precisely on time would mean you're walking in the door of the business at 8 a.m. and your interview is expected to begin at 8 a.m. So you really want to show up a little bit early so that way when it approaches the time that you committed to interviewing, you can just walk right in the room and begin. Uh, You don't want to really show up more than 15 minutes early because then they feel like they have to be courteous to you and take care of you. Uh, like maybe a family member that's arrived to a holiday per party a little too early. And so they don't, you know, they're going to be polite, but it's also going to distract them from getting ready from your interview when they have to kind of take care of you. Body language and poise. Body language is, you know, the subconscious language that we have. It's, the, you know, our hand gestures, moving of our eyes, moving of our heads, the way we slouch in a chair, the way we stand up. Body language is the way humans speak. of the time. So 80% of the way that we convey messages to other people is going to be through body language. And oftentimes that is done subconsciously without us really truly processing it and planning it. So this is one of those things I always recommend students prior to an interview is to have a family member or even prop up a phone and record yourself answering interview questions. We often don't know what our resting faces look like. We don't know what our thinking faces look like. And sometimes those faces and body gestures that we make may convey a message different than what we are truly meaning to convey. Some of us, when we talk, we don't smile enough. And that may give the impression that we are unhappy while answering a question. Some of us, when we think we look around a lot and that can convey to an interviewer that you are confused, maybe you're distracted, or uh, you did not have a prepared answer. So you want to think about body language. Sit up in a chair, cross your uh, legs at your ankles, 
lean forward in the interview, make good eye contact, smile as often as you can, and just remain positive. Eye contact, again, very important. What we're talking about there is you look at someone in the eyes when you answer their questions. It is okay to look away from the interviewer when you are thinking of a response or trying to recall facts. Most of us look to our left when we recall facts and just know the interviewers know that most people look to the right when they're being dishonest or simply making up an answer that may or may not be true. Handshake, you should have a firm handshake. Don't over squeeze. We don't want to make an unpleasant lasting impression that lasts for hours later. It's just a firm handshake, may only last a few seconds, but you want to make sure that you shake their hand firmly and look them in the eye when you do it. That shows sincerity. And lastly, smile means everything. Those of us that drive or have a state ID, we have our driver's license photo and then we have our happy face, right? When we smile, we generally show more of our teeth because we're dropping our guard and really enjoying that interaction with that person. When we are unpleasant, unhappy, not truly wanting to smile or be authentic in our happiness, we often uh, frown or just move our lips a little bit and show very little of our teeth. Again, not something you're going to think about during the interview, nor do I want you thinking about it in an interview, but I would Honestly, do some practice interviews and record yourself and see if your smile actually is authentic and genuine. If it does not appear that way, you may want to practice it so that when interview time comes, your subconscious will take over and do the right things for you. Okay, that will do it for this podcast episode. Again, we covered how to prepare for an interview how to interact and greet in an interview. We talked a little bit about body language and how to present ourselves effectively physically in an interview. And then we talked about dress code. If you have any other questions about interviewing, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. Again, my name is Mr. Young. Come by and see me in 248A and we will get you prepared for the next interview so that you can be the best you in that interview. Take care, everybody. <music>